Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings to all of you out there and welcome to Warren Radio. I am Tower and we are glad you joined us. If you would like to write to the WIBR Warren Radio, you can do so by going to our contact page on warren-usa.com. And be sure to follow the WIBR Warren Radio on Twitter by using hashtag WatchmanIS216 and hashtag Warren Radio. On Instagram, it's hashtag Warren Radio. LinkedIn, you can use hashtag Watchman. And you can join us on USA.life and MeWe with hashtag Warren Radio. You can join us on Parlor by using at Watchman DGS and on CloudHub by at Warren Radio. And you can find us on the following carriers Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes Player, Apple Podcast, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Warren Radio Visions on Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, Castbox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Anchor, and Podchaser. And you can also listen to the shows and by going to warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And this week our featured articles are Talk to Your Guns Immediately, American Constitutional Republic Today, Prophecy's Long Shadow, Pentecost Fullness Classic Warren Radio Series, and also Christian Standing Guard Spiritual Battle. This article includes our recent spiritual warfare series in four parts. And you can go to warren-usa.com to read those articles. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. Here we are, beginning of summer. You know, it's <laughs> just starting out. We're getting warm yeah. weather. The cold is over with. I think you're delusional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was talking with my buddy this morning, and we both agreed. Uh, where did summer go? Yeah, and here we are at the middle of October. I cannot believe how fast time's going. I know, in November. Less than three weeks till the election. Yeah. That's exciting. 
<coughs> well, you know, there's going to be chaos, uh, you know, according to some people. I, uh, I've i talked about chaos a long time ago before we even got there. Well, I hope there isn't. I just hope it is over, done and over with. Well, your Democrats, you know, cities, they will have chaos because they don't I'm do sure. anything about Antifa or Black Lives Matter. So who knows? I, I don't I don't really know what what's going to happen. Um, you know, the Democrats have threatened to overthrow America. Antifa threatened to overthrow America. So has Black Lives Matter. We have a black militia down south that threatened. So we've got a lot of groups that uh, are nasty and mean. So we'll just have to see how this thing plays out. They might get their um... butts kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing of it is, there's a lot of patriots out there, too. And uh, there's a lot of Democrats leaving the Democratic Party. I mean, even Senator Feinstein got in trouble today because she hugged uh, Lindsey Graham after the hearings. She hugged him? Yeah, saying goodbye. You know, they're, they're buddies. And Feinstein is, you know, she comes across as really harsh and an enemy of the people. Yeah. Meanwhile, Nancy Attila the Hun Pelosi, you know, it doesn't look very good for her. She just absolutely hated Amy Coney, uh, Coney Barrett. Uh, well, I'm sure. Well, they both Trump, had. She's they a both Trump had, pick. Yeah, they had open mic moments, I guess. Hmm. This was the day of open mic. You know, note to self, turn off the mic. <laughs> oh. I didn't watch the thing. I got enough information from uh, some of the direct news that I get uh, that of people that are there and uh, quotes from uh, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And uh, she handled the Democrats real well as long as the Repu- as well as the Republicans. One of them tried to trip her up with a question saying, "Who does the laundry of your house in your house?" What business is it of theirs? I don't even know, but she took it with, uh, uh, you know, with humor. She laughed and she says, well, you know, we try to get it all done together. In our house, we have loads and loads of laundry. Oh, I bet they do. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And, of course, the feminists didn't like, didn't like the question. And, of course, they, they don't like Amy Coney Barrett because she's married and she likes being a, you know, a family woman and having kids and being happily married. You know, yeah. a lot of the feminists. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of the feminists really had uh, bad father moments or something. There's something wrong with most of them. And then, oh, of course, they know. get into the vagina hat thing. That is disgusting. And all the other stuff they do, which is, I think they're nuts. They're crazy. For all of you out there, yes, official policy on many of these feminists from Warren Radio is they're nuts. And they need to repent and come to Christ. Okay? So that's it. End of story. As far as the Democrats, I think they're all crazy too. But there's not an official word on that yet coming out of uh, the Bureau at the WIBR. Yeah. We're not a political organization, although we are caught up in the politics like everybody else, and we find politics dirty, raunchy, bad, lousy, terrible, ungodly, uncivil. Let's see. Did I forget anything? Oh, 
I'll get out the get dictionary the and go from A to Z and tell you all the expletives that... Uh, we have to get on with the show. ...and other things. We don't want to waste time on that stuff. She don't want to waste time. <coughs> well, today we're talking about a sealed vision. Well, that's kind of the way it is in America. Excuse me. And so, uh, we've been talking about judgment. Are you going to stay on the line? Are you going to help me? Well, yeah. I was coughing, though. Yeah. So, the sealed vision to those who have chosen to object to the Lord God and His purposes. It is easy to foment rebellion against the Lord, but it is not easy to succeed with it. Judah, choosing their own path without acknowledging the Lord's guidance, was foolish. Yet today we also find such foolishness. Men and governments ignore and refuse to believe the higher power cares what they do. Be sure this brings trouble. It is even worse for those who have chosen to walk out of God's light and blessing. So that's the sealed vision, part 67 of Isaiah's prophetic book tonight on Warren Radio Battle Lines. Okay, we'll go forward. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Isaiah 29, 7 and, and 8 is where we left off last time. And Verse 7 says, In the multitude of all the nations, this is referring to the Assyrians and their allies who joined with him, and they come up, it says that fight against Ariel is a word uh, given uh, to describe Jerusalem here. And we talked about that in previous shows. Even all that fight against her and her munition, her arms, that distress her, shall be as a dream of a night vision. And it shall be even as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awakes, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh, and behold, he is faint, his soul has appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. So you have a lot of stuff in here, you know, and when you're talking about judgment like this you have a major power coming against Jerusalem I mean in the first place when you do have an enemy advancing that's very powerful with all the enemies to the gates of your city it is like a dream I mean there's things even in America that that have happened to us you know when uh, the Japs uh, at that time known as Japs attacked Pearl Harbor. Now Japs is a slang referring to that particular moment. Today the Japanese are our friends and allies, they're great people, but they are a fierce foe when fighting. Now I don't know about these generations today because they've lost a lot of what they originally had, but um, you know it was like a, a dream being hit at Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor rather. And many people felt that they were coming to America, including my grandfather, who was working for the government that time. Our family was on um, Catalina Island, so it wasn't on the shore. And my dad was uh, in, 
getting ready to graduate high school, getting close to it. And Grandpa told him to go down to the wharf and shoot anything that he sees come out of the sky because they thought they were going to come next. The Japanese were going to be at the door. And so you do get that. You, you get that point where you just cannot believe it. And the response is you're not really sure what you need to do about it. So you grab your guns, and that's what we do in America, and you fight against whoever it is. And there can be millions of them, or hundreds of thousands, or even uh, scant less than that. And you have a little group of people standing out here. Now, that's really how America got started in 1776, by a group of ragtag militia patriots who stood up against the British. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like, how, how is this happening? So then when you get down to uh, Isaiah 29.9, now note this, Assyria was very, very mean and nasty and big. They had a lot of allies. And, of course, when you have that, including Mystery Babylon, or Babylon, not Mystery Babylon, that's the New Testament term we use. Well, see, they have the ability to have a lot of people that are their friends, and they accept uh, Syria's uh, overrule, and they pay them duty or taxes so they can, you know, stay in the good graces of Assyria. So they have a lot of trade, and that's the way Babylon was at the same time. Any major power is. And so, uh, you know... In verse 29.9, it says, Stay yourselves and wonder, cry you out and, and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with drunk, uh, strong drink. Um, you know, it, it, this lingo here, they are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. We see this a lot in in when we talk about the metaphoric wordage uh, within the prophets. And we also find the apostles, you know, John writing Revelation writes this way too. Uh, when you get into mystery Babylon and, and the whore, you, you see that she makes the nations drunk on her wine, on her wine of abominations. And it's, uh, you know, people are giddy uh, because they get to do all these things. They're happy. They're, they're, imbibing this and, and, and so happy and overcome that it's like being drunk with wine. Uh, and here you have something a little different. You have an event that is is so oppressive and, and so earth-shaking that you um, can't shake it off. It's there. So Israel itself, you cannot or let's say Judah here, cannot shake it off. Now, she will shake it off, but it'll be with the help of the Lord. But when this first comes, Assyria is going to be pretty much um, clearing the land wherever they're at. They're going to be pillaging and doing everything they can until they get to the gates of Jerusalem. And so Isaiah really has, and he does, of course, clear from the beginning in chapter 1. Isaiah is focused on delivering messages to Judah about judgment and what they're doing. But he also delivers messages to a number of other um, 
Gentile nations, Goyim nations. And so these Jewish prophets, the nations knew about them. And the, these, when they said, thus saith the Lord, I mean, and you had an old Jewish prophet, you didn't mess with him. And even the Gentiles, uh, you know, uh, during Isaiah's, uh, Jeremiah's day, Babylon knew what Jeremiah was saying. And when they took it over, Jeremiah was free to do whatever he wanted to because they had heard of him. And, uh, y you know, this is the thing, you know, the you don't, you don't mess with God. And so the the word is fear God and fear his prophets because they have the word of God and they can call fire down. You can get that out of reading the prophets and reading about all these various prophets in, in the Old Testament. You're going to see they don't mess around with you. Now, and, and they, they have the ability to pronounce judgment, to call down fire, bless people, you know, do miracles and do signs. Uh, but you didn't mess with them. And so now here you are. You have a Judah who has uh, fallen away. Now, they do have a good king at the time and, and when uh, Assyria comes, and that's Hezekiah. And uh, now, here we have, in verse 9, the prophet talking to Jerusalem. And... Uh, and it's this whole situation. The Lord reproves the stupidity, formality, hypocrisy. And the remainder of this chapter talks about the sins and the judgments that must follow. Now this is uh, Albert Barnes commenting on this section. But the... <laughs> You know, if we make a covenant as America with another nation, it doesn't matter. We're not as Judah was under the covenant of Sinai. That was before the Lord, the blood of the covenant. We're under grace today. But even as a nation, the Gentile nations, as I've pointed out, even under uh, the Old Testament, there was a lot of Gentile nations that suffered judgment at the hands of the Lord God, which leads us and teaches us that the Lord is the governor of the nation, that he will judge whatever nation he deems according to their sins. And so you have a lot of things happening here. Judah reached out to Egypt to try to get some help. And of course, they're not going to be any help, not against Assyria at all. And, of course, they violated their covenant by putting God first and going to him and going to his prophet. But, see, here within the scope of Hezekiah, Hezekiah actually, and you can read about this in Kings, um, and Chronicles should have a portion of it, too. Hezekiah himself does seek Isaiah and does seek the Lord regarding this but Judah has in the past before Hezekiah had really fallen away and Hezekiah wasn't perfect you know but uh, he was a pretty good king when it comes to kings um, Isaiah 29 10 it says for the Lord has poured out upon you 
or drenched them is the word when we talk about poured out the spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes the prophets and your rulers the seers those that see vision has he covered he has covered and are all blind to the truth now that deep sleep refers to a lethargy or a trance where they can't see what's going on and when you see a judgment especially on a nation you know in the new testament we uh, you know we get the term reprobate where god has turned them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient in the new testament god has given his son the greatest gift and it's up to individual people to receive him now america is not a theocracy and wouldn't respond as a theocracy but uh you know we have some knuckleheads out there that were tweeting uh you know and on social media uh saying that they're trying to make this uh christian nation like the crusaders but you know these people are totally out of their mind this was some of the hollywoodites who are probably serving the devil many of them but the bottom line of it is is that do you see the christian crusaders led by you know all the bishops and everybody else with the cross and you have the christian flag and onward christian soldiers into battle no you don't see that but we as a nation and as believers and christians we have a right to speak the truth and to tell the truth and to stand up for god now we listen to their blasphemes every day we've seen endless times when they blaspheme the name of the lord and done everything else and even in new york city while cuomo is turning around and uh, stopping the jews and the christians from meeting in their churches and synagogues he allowed openly allowed the muslims to be meeting together for their services in the middle of the street i mean uh, and doing what they do and we've seen this kind of kind of hypocrisy out of cuomo and many of the other democratic mayors who allow blm and others go riding on the streets and not allow the christians to get in their churches and of course uh, cuomo uh, fighting with the jews to keep them out of the synagogues you see this is the problem you have when you have a nation like this when you start falling there there is truth and that truth today especially in our country has has fallen down just like the truth fell down in israel but in israel you see they were a theocracy they were to go to the high priest who would listen to the prophet the man of god who had the word directly from the lord but see the problem of it is the prophets had fallen away the visions they saw were not the visions from the lord and so because of their sins had separated them from the blessing and the presence of God they were blinded and they did not know the truth and now God is sending them a wake-up call in the form of Assyria and this will be a wake-up call that they will not forget now this is all a precursor to the point that when Judah does go into captivity uh, after many years of warning by Jeremiah Isaiah is looking ahead and 
you know, Isaiah's more the one telling them, you need to wake up, and there's going to, you know, during his time as a prophet, there's going to be that warning shot, and the Assyrians coming at the gates of Ariel or Jerusalem is that one warning shot to wake them up. I mean business. You need to understand this. This is what's going to happen if you don't turn to me. And it's just like a Christian. If you turn away from the Lord God, get out from underneath the blood of Jesus Christ and start walking back in the darkness, the devil can, can grab you any time he wants. The safety in faith and the safety in Christ today is being found in him. 1 John 1, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ's Son will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We must be found in him. Without me, you can do nothing, John 15. And Israel didn't have the Son of God, the Messiah at that time. They were under the law. Christ came to fulfill the law. So we are under the point of the law being fulfilled, and Christ is the Messiah. And you have Israel now. They were expected to keep that relationship and this deep sleep or lethargy is the same kind of sleep that Abraham fell in, or, or Adam rather. Um, and then in Genesis 15, it's Abraham that fell. So you have them both. Genesis 2.21, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. So that's the first deep sleep. And the second was in Genesis 15, 12, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a great horror of great darkness, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And that was a prophecy concerning his own kin, who would later become Israel, who was would be in Egypt and uh, would be there during times of great darkness and slavery upon them. And this darkness was going to come before the promise uh, was going to be fulfilled. So you have these things. And so when we talk about a deep sleep, this is, these, this is a deep sleep. Both of these cases are induced by the Lord God for some purpose. And one, uh, one the Lord God upon Adam so he could create Eve. And the second one upon Abraham to, to give him a view of what was going to happen to his offspring who would follow him in the blessings of Abraham. And in Jer Judah here, that deep sleep is meant uh, because, you see, they had fallen away. And when they s fall away, that deep sleep comes over them because they don't want the truth. There's nothing worse than rejecting the truth and still trying to keep some semblance of a religion that is non-saving. There's a lot of people that are in the deep sleep today and they're walking around. They have no clue what is going on. And uh, they have no clue as to what real redemption is. And if you get overseas, and even in the midst of some of the biggest uh, persecution of Christians that we report every week, we're finding people who are the former enemies of Christ who now have seen the truth and are no longer blinded and no longer in a deep sleep. 
Now see, God is bringing this upon them for a purpose, to teach them a lesson, to wake them up. And Isaiah 29, 11, it says in the vision or the revelation of all the prophets is become to you as the words of a book that is sealed. When men deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he says, I cannot, for it is sealed. And there's a lot of people that read the Bible and never get the message. Even Paul said, you know, this generation that he was speaking of of that time, they're ever learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just because you have some earthly wisdom, just because you have some uh, earthly knowledge or even uh, supra-natural uh, uh, knowledge from beyond the grave or beyond somewhere, and you get this sudden revelation uh, from these visions and these other, uh, that doesn't mean you know anything. It means you're being told a lie from the spirits from beyond. There's familiar spirits. There's demon spirits. There's a lot of things you can learn out there. And if you want to be protected, don't go venturing into the spirit realm without the blood of Christ because you're going to be led astray. The only people that have the true power of light in Christ are those that know him who can bind and they can command and they can do things in the name of the Lord according to the will of God. However, there's a lot of people that do not know the truth. And so the vision to those in Jerusalem and Ariel was closed because the prophets? No. The high priest? No. Nobody knew, really. And they would prophesy. But then Isaiah would come and tell him, this is what's going to happen. The Lord God will deliver you. But they weren't going to deliver themselves. Egypt wasn't going to come over the rise to deliver them. And this is really a slap in the face. Because when we look at it, it was Jerusalem where Israel was in bondage. You see, there was a, uh, not Jerusalem, but uh, um, Egypt. You see, there was a time, though, when Egypt was the deliverer according to the will of God. And the deliverer was, of course, Joseph, who was sold into bondage and wound up, wound up there. And, and he became the second in power only to the emperor. That was all God appointed. That was working out the blessing of Abraham upon his people so Jacob could become you know, Israel and Jacob wouldn't perish with all of his sons. And that's why, in addition, why Joseph didn't hold any animosity because he truly knew the Lord and he knew that the Lord had used that for his own purposes. It was all part of a plan. And so Joseph, that's when he married and he married the first non you know, family, non-related. He was a Gentile. I always say that's where the Gentile line came in. And it flowed through his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. The blessing of the Gentiles flowed through Ephraim at that time. So you have this, you know, 29-11. These people in Jerusalem did not really know. And it looked like the end. And they could read in the book the law but 
it's like it was sealed, and it was sealed on a purpose to teach him a lesson. They were going to get the message, but it was from his prophet. Now, see, when we talk about sealing, remember Daniel 12.4, when Daniel was given a vision, and uh, Daniel kind of wanted to know more, and he says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, and many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Now, at no other time would we have known exactly what this verse meant. Even when I was growing up, you wouldn't have known that. But, see knowledge suddenly increased in in my lifetime as never before and at no other time on the face of the planet have we run to and fro like we have today yeah we had planes when i was growing up and we had cars but nothing like we have today we're talking about going to mars we're talking about having the first americans on mars we're talking about having a moon base you know we have so many things going but in all that knowledge we have and that running to and fro, many do not know the Lord God. And in Isaiah 29, 12, it says, And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he says, I am not learned. He, he can't read it. Of course, we call that being literate, but that's... That's not what this is referring to. These people knew the language and they knew what to read the book. But those that could not understand it were the ones that were even in the temple. It took Isaiah to tell them. Because they didn't know the sin. They didn't understand what was going on. But it was God that was in control. And so twice in verse 11, the book says, says the book is sealed to them. God had spoken to them, but the words of the prophets were sealed to them. They couldn't understand the book nor the words therein. And it was all because of their sin and the judgment of God. You know, it was always the message. You know this, that your sins have separated you from the Lord your God. Do you think that's any different today for you, O Christian? When you start allowing sin into the camp, now that's a term we use from an Old Testament, but sin in the camp means in your life, friends. Now see, when we start reading like we have been reading, and, you know, dear God in heaven, you know, we, we have pastors now, one even around here, and they refuse to give the, the church, who had evoked the name of God before he molested some people. Let's put it that way. And then there was another one where another priest had a threesome sexcapade on the altar. And the bishop found out about it. Of course, the other guy's gone now, but he was still known as a man of God. You should have been able to find the Lord and get the truth of God out of him. But what you got was a Satanist who was there playing around, and uh, they decided to have sex on the altar. Oh, goody, goody gumdrops. Now, that's a kind of bull you have in this country. And I would like to say that it doesn't happen in the churches, but I have known of things like this going on and in the news for a long time 
And it's time for this country to wake up. It's time for American churches to wake up. Because if God sent a wake-up call, and if the book was sealed to the very Jews to whom it had been delivered, that was written to them by their own prophets. But remember what the Lord said. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. There were true prophets, and Israel and Judah responded by stoning the prophets, getting rid of them, killing them. Yeah, they had the high priest, they had priests, they had prophets locally in the temple. But these guys didn't know anything, and you can get into Jeremiah, you can find this in the prophets. The very people that should have been warning them didn't know. Guess who was opposing the Lord when he showed up? The people in the temple, the people in the synagogues that were there. Even the high priest and all of his minions, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the lawyers. Yeah, it was the religious of his day. I hate to tell you this, but it's almost like it's the religious, those who were in the church, those who were in the temple were the problem. How in the world can you get someone right with God when your own high priest doesn't even know the truth? And to tell you the truth, Paul the apostle, who was shawl at the time and a disciple, well, he was more than a disciple by the time all that came around. He was well learned. He was top of his class in being... Uh, someone that followed the law, Pharisee of the Pharisee, he called himself. And as holy as he was, he found out. And he didn't find out from the Lord right away because he didn't even know who the Lord was. Didn't even recognize him until God knocked him off his high horse, literally, on the way to Damascus. See, that's the way the Lord works. Sometimes he has to knock you off your high horse. And that ain't fun. And for Jerusalem, that's what he's doing. He's bringing them down a level to wake them up. And when God says seal to them twice, you better believe that means business. Because that follows uh, the rule of when we talk about the law. Let every word be established by two or three witnesses. And that, the two witnesses, is verse 11 and another one. I mean, it was, uh, it was spoken twice. And so that's, that's important. Now in Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord uh, says, Wherefore, or because of these things. Now this is what the Lord says. For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. These people had a religion, but it was all lip service. An outward appearance of knowledge and knowing what they were doing, but there was no heart for God. And they didn't fear him as they should have. If they would truly have loved him and feared him, they would have sought him fervently. And there would be no hypocrisy. And instead, the teachings of men 
replace the words of the prophets when it came directly from the Lord. And they had people that would interpret them a different way than what they were meant. Which did not help any. Now the Lord remarked about this. Mark 7.13, he says, Making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered, and many such like things you do. That's the Lord to the Jews. Paul to the Romans said, Not as though the word of God has taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. There was another Israel. It was spiritual Israel. Mark 7, 8, For laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such likes. They added to it. This is how you become righteous. Colossians tells us this in verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. That's what the Jews were doing. It was after the traditions of men, after those things you did in the world that made you feel good about doing them, but it didn't do a, a stinking thing to get you closer to God. Now, see, the Lord wants people to serve him. He wants them to serve him and come to him because they love him. And they follow his commandments because they want to follow his commandments. This is not about having chains on and being forced to do something. There are people that are dying every day for their faith in Jesus Christ, Yahshua, uh, Hamashiach. And they do it out of servitude, out of love, you know, out of devotion. Because they, they have had a miracle delivered to them. And I'm firm, I firmly believe, and I teach this, that every true believer in Yahshua, Jesus Christ, has had a personal revelation experience of some kind where Christ has proven to them that they are his children. And when you talk to people and they walk, and they, there is something inside them that moves them. You see, this just isn't a bunch of fake nonsense. And neither was this what God was doing with Israel. The threat was real. Assyria, if they could have, they would have torn down those walls. They would have burned down the temple. They would have taken everything out of there. But they weren't to do that. That was given to Babylon to do. Assyria in, in itself was badly defeated. The king was eventually murdered by his own sons. And the army that he had taken there was slaughtered by an angel overnight. Now that is the deliverance that God was going to show the children of Israel. Now talk about a nation, Israel. Have you ever known of a nation anywhere at any time on this planet that have had so many personal miracles from the Lord God. Now, look at the miracles that he did for them when they left Egypt. Look at the miracles he did for them when they were going into the promised land. Look at the judgment he did to them for the ten spies, and eight of them had a bad report. And that generation was condemned to wander in the desert for 40 years as a judgment for their bad testimony and unbelief. 
And now you have this one. There's a lot of miracles and signs by the prophets that you can read of. There has been no other nation that has seen so many miracles, have had a personal experience their forefathers had with the Lord God. No other nation on earth had the appearance of the Lord God on Sinai like Israel had. None. And yet this is a nation that turned away from the Lord. This was a nation that lost both their houses. This is a nation that produced David, the warrior king, whose son Solomon built the temple, and he sinned against the Lord. And as a result, the nation of Israel was put into two houses, Israel and Judah, the southern kingdom. No other nation, but yet today you look over there and you see tiny Israel, you see the Judah basically holding it together till the other the other houses of Israel show up and they're going to show up. They're called the lost tribes and there's some of them over there now. But God is rebuilding them. See, this is the thing, but yet they still have to come to know the Messiah. And so you have this whole thing acting out and everything that we look at here, everything points forward this thing with Israel points forward God was doing this for the future of Israel he was doing this to bring them closer to him God is not entertained by the wickedness of the wicked he's not he's not fearful of the threats of humans and demonic powers God is not touched by your, you know, human appetites. He cannot know sin. He is above all. He knows all. And it's going to be his will. And there's nothing you can do about it. So in verse 14, the prophet tells the people, Therefore, behold, I'll proceed to do or I will do, a marvelous work among this people, even a, a marvelous work and a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of the prudent men shall be hid. You see, the traditions of men, the teachings of men, the wisdom of the world, the understanding of human enlightenment, everything's going to be removed. They will learn the truth which is setting them free. And in Israel's time at this moment, they're going to learn the truth. Because God is going to deliver them in spite of what they have done. They're going to understand God's mercy and deliverance. But see, eventually they end up getting totally run over by Babylon because of their refusal to repent. 2 Timothy 3.5 warns us in the New Testament, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We have a lot of Christians who have a form of godliness but they don't believe in the power. That is the power to walk in holiness. The power to walk in truth. The power to see miracles and signs and wonders. It's a form of godliness. And in Christ, if you just have a religion you've lost, in Christ is a presence and a power and a deliverance and a truth that humans and religions cannot match. It 
brings in the captives and sets them free. It brings in those who are in bonds and breaks those bonds. It's saying to the leper, rise and be healed. It's saying to the blind, be thou healed. That is the power of God. 2 Timothy 3.7, I mentioned before, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Welcome to the modern generation of Christianity where we are in that always learning. But really, many do not know the knowledge of the truth. They have not a clue. Now see, Bill Gates sits over there, and so do all the other big techie dudes up there. They got all the money you could think of. They can do anything they want to. They're richer than you know what to do about. But they still have not a clue about the truth. That'll set them free. Your money's not going to set you free. And if you have a pastor that is backslidden and doing dirty deeds in the dark side back in the closet with somebody, then you better get rid of that guy. Stone him or get him out of there. Stone him with the word of God. You know, the word of God, the stone is the rock. The rock is Yeshua, Jesus Christ. You have to hit him over the head with the stone, which is Jesus Christ. And that stone, it'll crush whoever it falls upon. And when God finds one of these dirty animals, and they're an animal, they're the worst thing you could get. They're at that bema seat. They've defiled it. They act like the leader of the people leading them to God Almighty through Christ, and they're leading them to hell. I'm telling you that the judgment is God's going to fall in his fullness on such people. Now, yes, they can repent, but they will never be the same once they have done stuff like this. Once you give up that anointing, once you've fallen away, you will never regain that, as far as I'm concerned. That's my personal opinion from what I've seen. But that's up to you. You have to learn that yourself. So within this, you know, what we're learning today. We're learning this point in Isaiah. And it's about the prophets. It's about Israel and their relationship with the Lord. But yet, within all of that, we can identify in our lives. We can identify right now. Because, see, we have our own issues in the world. We have our own threats right now. And, see, God is saying to this generation, come unto me. And be ye healed. That is what Isaiah was telling Israel. I will heal you of your blindness. You can open the book and you will read it and know what I'm saying. I will heal you of your sad heart. I will bind up the wounds. I will give you that everlasting water and I will deliver you from your enemies. But your heart now is not toward me. It is against me. And you trust in the arm of the flesh above me. And I will not have that. And that's what Israel did. They trusted in the arm of the flesh. And it's so easy to do. 
Now, see, in America, as Americans, we trust in America's Constitution and Bill of Rights and, and the way we are founded to protect us from tyrants and troubles. And for the first time, we begin to see riots and pillaging. We see people openly calling for socialism and to destroy everything this nation was built on. The enemies have entered into the camp. That's what they did in Israel. Whenever you find the enemies entering into the camp, it's because of the sin of the people. Israel only had trouble when they allowed sin to enter into the camp. And churches, Christians, there's sin in the camp today. And you've got to get rid of it. You're not going to save this nation just because you want to. You've got to save this nation by coming to the Lord God. And as James says, now is the time to weep and howl. And cry aloud to your God. And repent that he might hear you. And that's exactly why we've had three different segments of leaders in this country and it's rightly called solemn assemblies is what they are and that's what the nation needs but see there's only one part of America that's solemn at the solemn assembly those that are there for the rest of America is mocking right now is God going to deliver America just because a few Americans repent and want to see America changed We'll find out. Is God going to listen to those who have repented? Is he going to ignore the sin in the pulpit? Is he going to ignore you being cold and lukewarm instead of on fire towards him? See, that's what the prophet Isaiah was getting across to Israel. The book is going to be closed to you. You won't understand it. This will be like a dream. It will never be over. It will be with you in the nighttime, in the daytime. And it's going to come at the corner of your gates. And it's going to be there stirring you in the face. They're going to have a vast army. And they're going to destroy you. But the Lord God is going to do something in the midst of you which you will not believe. And that's what he did. But see... That was a lesson in God-awareness. God-repentance was the Lord saying, I could destroy you so easy. I could remove every vestige, but I love you. I'm not going to do that. And he didn't. And even when uh, Judah went into bondage for 70 years he brought them back and they were back in Jerusalem they rebuilt the temple they stayed in the land that that God had given them and although there was World War two and, and a vast annihilation of the Jews and a lot of things happened and they finally got back in the land but the trouble isn't over for Israel the trouble isn't over for America. And surely in this story that we're following with Israel in Isaiah, the trouble that they face is not over with. But the prophet is the prophet, and he declares, thus saith the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Bless your people when they hear this word. Help them to apply it, to understand that open up their eyes and their heart. 
And may they truly find you and love you. In Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I bind you, Satan, from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Tower. So we are quite a ways along in this book. Yeah, that's exciting. And uh, it was a good word tonight. Isaiah 29.5. When we get to Isaiah 30, that's still not half. But we make it to Isaiah 35, then we're on the downhill slope. <laughs> it's a big book. It is a big book. You know, he was a busy guy, you think this, but of course he had a scribe to do it all. All the prophets had scribes. It's a good thing. Yeah, well, if I, I'll tell you, if I, if, I, if I was a prophet and had to write my own notes, you'd never be able to read them. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> Nobody would be able to read them. You know, now I can type, and I can put stuff on the Internet, but when I get down to scribbling, well, if I go real slow, but, you know, I mean, if you've got, like, a whole book to write like Isaiah, it'd take me two lifetimes to do that. Well, it would. So at any rate, go on over to warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Check out the websites there. We're on a lot of places, folks. You can find all those at the beginning of the show. Tower told you about them. Sure does remind me about a lot of things going on here. Oh, I know. It I, It's really troubling. It's very disturbing to me to see people reject the Lord. They just don't know how much better their life could be with him. You know, you have that peace that the world can't give you. And you have hope. There's that, a song to that. The I world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Yep. An old song of the church. Yeah. Thank God. We're going to have to get out of here. Okay. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We pray for your safety and your well-being. Be careful in all that you do and look to the Lord. He is our hope. Good night, everybody. We love you. Shalom, everybody. Good night. Remember to look to the Lord. We've got a lot of things hitting America and the world right now. Your God isn't the problem. Your God is the one that solves the problem. And Amen. your Savior is coming again. And he is Lord of Lord and King of Kings. No matter what the devil does, we've won. Good night, everybody. Shalom. Again. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.